Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on mazenbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, my two partners in crime per usual, Stephen Ostentoski and John Simmons, both recruiting contributors here at Maze and Brew. John, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, just kind of rainy over here today. We got teased with some summer weather, but now it's back to, to cold. Well, it's kind of how it is here in Michigan, too. Stephen, are you enjoying our overcast and 50-degree uh, weather right now? Were you able to do any rock climbing recently, too, or are you still waiting on that? So the, uh, the rock gym, the, the climbing gym, they're doing kind of batches of, of climbing sessions. So uh, they don't have any early morning sessions, which I would have liked. But on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they have a 10 p.m. to midnight. So oh, I'm going to be doing some night climbing. So, uh, so right. tomorrow might be the first day, if not tomorrow, then Thursday, but, uh, okay. but no, man, today the sun came out in the middle of my run. So it was a, uh, it, it's a nice day here. I mean, perfect. Still, still overcast, but I can't complain. I, uh, if you're saying Tuesday, 10 PM, I mean, that that's pretty enticing. I might have to uh, take you up on that and, uh, you know, do a little one V one with you. And, and then we can wait for uh, Jordan Phillips to uh, uh, get, get uh, both of us up there and uh, it'll be a great time. I mean, Vaughn, you, you don't want to go to bed angry. So I would, I would suggest, <laughs> doing, you know, doing some training ahead of time. No, man, <laughs> hey, man you're always, you're always welcome to, uh, <laughs> you know, for me to show you the ropes. It's, it's all good. The confidence from Steven. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Got to have that mindset. Um, the competitiveness is real on Future Proof today. Uh, I appreciate both of you guys for being on as usual. We're going to uh, talk about the big news from this past week and how it affects Michigan on the recruiting trail. And obviously, I would imagine that you've probably already heard that Mo Linguist is out. He is now the head coach at Buffalo in the Mid-American Conference there. So congratulations to him. Definitely one of the premier MAC schools, premier group of five schools for sure. Uh, so Michigan is now in uh, in search of another <laughs> another assistant coach, which it just seems at this point seems to be a reoccurring thing this offseason um, with all of the changes here. Uh, but Mo Linguist on the recruiting trail um, really came into this role at Michigan as the co-defensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach guns blazing on the recruiting trail. He offered a ton of kids in uh, the state of Tennessee and in the state of Texas has uh, connections uh, to, in both schools or both states there and uh, was a big reason for the commitments of Cody Jones and Will Johnson Michigan's two highest rated defensive players here um, and uh, also was a big reason for Taylor Groves, the four star safety before he decommitted from the class. It was obviously before Molinguist left, but getting in on a lot of recruitments for the Wolverines in the defensive backfield. Also a big reason why Michigan has been in the recruitments of several top targets in this 22 cycle. Miles Pollard being a name that we've talked about. Chase Biddle being a top 100 guy that Michigan is in the running for. It's not a great chance for Michigan, but still have them in the race. Benjamin Morrison being another four-star cornerback. Marquise Groves Killebrew, a guy that Michigan seemingly came out of nowhere for and is now going to be hosting on an official visit this uh, coming month here in June and uh, tons of other guys on the recruiting trail here. So 
guys, I'll just start with uh, the reaction from from the news here. And uh, from the news in general, for me, it, I don't know how it was for you too. I'll ask you here in a sec. But for me, it was really just a bit of a shock because I thought all the assistants were in place. I thought everything was good to go, went through spring practices. Everything was great. And now this happens. And I couldn't really help but have that feeling of – you guys ever see that gif of Jim Carrey from me, myself and Irene, where he goes, oh, boy, here we go again. That's kind of how I felt. That's what it felt like to me. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't exactly like the Dan Enos thing from a couple years ago, but it sure as hell was pretty close enough for me to conjure up those PTSD feelings of an assistant coach leaving before a game is even played. So it's unfortunate. But it is what it is. Michigan's now going to have to rebound pretty quick here. Um, like I said, they've already been through sp- spring practice, and we're coming up pretty quick here on the season, just four months away before kickoff at uh, Michigan Stadium. So, John, I'll get your reaction on the news in general, and then we'll talk about uh, the recruiting aspect of things a little after that. So what, what was your reaction to this entire thing? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty huge bummer. Uh, you just kind of at some point just got to – uh, shrug your shoulders at the different, uh, you know, bad things that keep happening to, to Michigan's football. It gives you a little bit of hope, like a guy like Linguist coming in and making a really positive impact on the recruiting trail before even coaching a game, and then he's gone uh, before the season even starts. So I don't know what you can really do at this point. You just got to keep uh, moving on. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, you, you recap pretty well the, what he's done when he was at Michigan and how immediately he, he made his presence uh, known to all the, the targets on Michigan's board here, which is, uh, you know, really a testament to his energy and work ethic. Um, but now the, the, only, the only positives that, of him leaving now is that he hasn't been on, uh, he wasn't working for Michigan so long that these relationships are so deep that another coach can't come in and, and help, uh, you know, kind of salvage them and, and keep things uh, contact going with Michigan. Well, I just think now the priority is for Michigan to get a new guy in that position quick and uh, not have too many uh, turnover costs. Steve, I want to get your reaction on this news as well, because obviously these really went really quick. It was just a matter of, I think a day or two when the news first broke that he was a candidate and then he got hired and the announcement was made official. And now that it's uh, the dust is settled, um, it it just (laughs) really goes to show how quick these things can develop. What was your reaction to this entire thing? Yeah. My initial reaction was wrong. It was like, how could he, whatever. It was more of the emotional reaction. And then I thought about it for a second. Buffalo is one of the better group of five programs that you could go to. And it's one that he has previous experience with. So in terms of him leaving, it makes sense to go to a a program, regardless of the time Uh, he has familiarity with the administration, with the program and I mean, I think they won their division last year in the Mac or at least towards the top of it. So it's not like he's walking into a dumpster fire and these opportunities don't come up very often. So it's understandable. That's first and foremost thing that kept kind of like nagging me in the back of my mind is if Michigan made a worse hire, they would be in debatably a better position. (laughs) What I mean by that is it's extremely rare for a, a head coach job, as I said, to open up in the middle of May. Um, April, May, um, if Michigan didn't get one of the best up and comers in the industry, you're very likely not going to lose that guy 
at this time of year. It just happens that Michigan identified an extremely fast riser who, you know, it, it unfortunately bit him in the butt for making a good hire. Um, so it went from people kind of like, Oh, this guy's, you know, who's this guy coming in and being a co-defensive coordinator to like, Oh, Michigan's m- losing some of their best coaches to other programs. So at the end of the day, losing your coaches to be uh, head coaches elsewhere is overall a good thing. It's more just a bummer, more of a bummer than an indictment on the program overall. Yeah. It's a, it, I mean, <laughs> if anything, it, it's a good look for the program and it's a good look for Harbaugh too, because there is, I, I think the university of Michigan football Twitter account had posted something. I think the day of, or the day after the news was official, pretty much it was a quote from Harbaugh pretty much congratulating him. And then there was a graphic uh, on the left side of the screen of all of the assistant coaches under Harbaugh who have went on to be head coaches somewhere else. So, um, is certainly interesting. And I, <laughs> I found it interesting that they included Jim McElwain in that graphic too. Um, not that he yeah. you know, really didn't have head coaching experience before uh, being under Harbaugh here at uh, U of M, but uh, yeah, I got to have a positive spin on, on it somehow. Right. And that's just how they took it. So, um, John, I'll throw it back to you just in terms of the whole recruiting aspect. We already went through some of the guys that he had a major hand in uh, getting a, uh, e- either to commit to Michigan, obviously Johnson, Jones, Groves, uh, but also just getting a lot of these higher ranked prospects interested in Michigan, even considering that the defensive backfield last season was just so atrocious. It's, it's uh, kind of mon- mind boggling how quick uh, it was for Mo Linguist to connect with these kids uh, on a personal level and then get them interested in the future of what Michigan football defensively is going to be bringing to the table here, getting in on guys, like I had mentioned, Miles Pollard, Biddle, a Groves Killebrew, uh, getting in a, on an official visit here next month. Uh, they're going to have to replace Mo Linguist with, with another big time recruiter. And obviously uh, the hot name on, on the uh, uh, message boards and on Twitter is a uh, clink scale from Kentucky, who obviously would be a, a very welcome addition on the recruiting trail. But I just want to get your thoughts and opinions, John, on just how this impacts recruiting, uh, not only just immediately, but in the long term as well. Because if I'm a recruit in like the 23 or 24 class, and I'm seeing all these assistant coaches come to Michigan like it's a revolving door and go somewhere else. I'm kind of thinking that I might want to go somewhere else uh, if, if the assistant coaches aren't going to be on staff by the time I get there. Uh, just a little concerning in that regard. I'm curious how you feel towards that and who your choice would be to replace him. Yeah, I think looking down the road, hopefully this little three-month, four-month period here won't have too much of an impact. Uh, I don't think guys in future classes will uh, really be that much impacted by having linguist here for a little bit and then whoever gets hired step in. I think Michigan's been pretty fortunate at, with stability at this position for a while, you know, Mike Zordich coached it basically since Harbaugh got here. So this is really the first turnover they've had for the, the cornerbacks coach at least. So um, if we're just talking position wise, I, I think that it, it shouldn't be too much because, you know, like I touched on earlier, one of the bright spots is that he was here. So uh, in such a little span of time that um, it's not like he was able to, uh, get these deep, uh, long-lasting relationships with recruits in future classes yet. So I think uh, hopefully it'll just be a little bump in the road 
and uh, players will look back and just be like, oh, yeah, that's when uh, Coach Mo is here. And now we have Steve Klingscaler, whoever uh, assisted with me here, and he's, you know, going to be in it for the season at least and hopefully for the long haul. You just kind of – that's mm-hmm. what happens in big-time college football is just assistants move on hopefully to, to better uh, positions because that means you're, you're hiring good people. So I think that's just kind of one of the, the facts of the industry right now that you have to, to put up with. And I'm sure uh, the guys on staff now have, you know, plenty of lines uh, rehearsed to, to address that with players and their families. And you think you would pick clink scale as well. You, you think he's the right guy for the job here? Yeah. Or- I think that's where it's heading. And I think it makes a lot of sense on paper. He, he would be another great uh, Michigan recruiter. You know, he pulled uh, those two guys from Oak Park, Justin Rogers and Marquan McCall um, in the past few cycles. He also um, looks to be pretty good in Tennessee because he pulled the, the Wade brothers, uh, Keaton Wade and Destin Wade, uh, away from in-state Tennessee, who Michigan is also targeting Keaton Wade. Um, so I think – you know, linguist, one of his uh, main recruiting areas is Tennessee. And if it looks like clean scale has some relationships there and could keep that up as well, which will certainly help with a guy like Cody Jones and, uh, you know, maybe even uh, Walter Nolan down the road. Yeah. No, I mean, he's an ace recruiter. He's, he's come into Michigan several times, like you had mentioned and taken some recruits from uh, the state of Michigan. He, he's definitely done a good job recruiting for uh Kentucky, not known for their football and known for their basketball. He's done a really good job of being able to uh, get a lot of really good recruits to uh, commit to Kentucky. So I think it would be a great, uh, great way for Michigan to rebound from this, uh, from this departure for Mo Linguist. Steven, um, just your thoughts on the whole impact of recruiting as well. John seems like, you know, if they get a guy like Clink Scale in, it doesn't really do a whole lot in terms of, you know, negative. Uh, at least that's uh, what I'm getting out of John. And I feel for the most part that same way as well. Just like I said, I mean, maybe I'm just looking at it from a different perspective, but if I were a kid in 23 or 24 and I'm seeing this much turnover, I'm kind of thinking, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. And I'm sure that uh, the parents are noticing this as well. So I, I want to get your uh, opinion on all of that. And, and do you think clink scale is the guy to uh, hire as well? Or do you have any other candidates that, that you're looking at? Yeah. The only, <clears throat> excuse me, the only downside with clink scale, I know Michigan's tried in the past or, or at least kicked the tires and, and haven't been successful there. So um, hard to say what it will take to actually get him on board this time. Um, I know another name that's come up is Roy Manning, uh, Oklahoma cornerbacks coach. Um, I mean, he has what, two or three now former teammates with, uh, Mike Hart, Mike Hart, Bellamy and, uh, Courtney Morgan all on the team. So, or all on the staff, I should say. So that's, that's another name. Um, I mean, I think the main thing when it comes to recruiting is who are the guys that commit to Michigan strictly for linguist and the only guys that really seem like that would be like a Cody Jones or Will Johnson. Those were guys that were kind of uh, closed in as Mo Linguist was hired. Um, I know Will Johnson, um, there's some articles out there on 24-7 talking about how he's committed to building the class, kind of being like that J.J. McCarthy-esque type um, as a part of this upcoming class. So that's a really good sign. Um, but that's the main thing is it was Mo Linguist selling 
his personal development of these players or was he just an ambassador for the program? It seems like more of selling Michigan as a member of the staff, right? Because if, if someone has more of a personal connection with linguist, those are the guys more than likely to leave. I think as John mentioned, because of kind of the short stint, um, you're a lot less likely to have those guys who are, um, really like super close with linguists to the, to the point where it would have that big of an impact. Um, so I, I think moving forward, what Michigan has to do is just say, listen, we, we identified this guy as a fast riser. Yeah. He, he, you know, it's a little bit unorthodox that he took a head coach position, uh, after four months on the job, but, that should give you some faith that we're going to hire someone who is likely to be on the same trajectory. Would you rather have a guy around, you know, for four years that couldn't get a job elsewhere or have a guy for a year or two years that is uh, punching above his or uh, punching below his weight, I should say that they will move on to the, to higher ranks, right? Someone who's more than capable to coach you up. And I think, um, you know, the, the latter is what most recruits would, would understand and, and uh, be receptive to. So it's all about just proving that you can hire an adequate replacement. And um, John mentioned it earlier, speed, speed's the key. And I think the final thing I'll say is it, I don't think it will have any effect on the 2021 performance because you have McDonald brought in as a co-defensive coordinator first as more of the schematics type and linguist was almost purely for recruitment. Now you can, say maybe the cornerback's position could take a bit of a hit um, in his absence and you'll have to replace that and take a look at it. But I think uh, recruitment is the main area to focus in on in the next coming months. And um, speed is the main, the main uh, thing to, to focus on here on the replacement. So I'm fine with the clink scale. Uh, if not, I think Roy Manning, there's lots of things going his way as well. Yeah. I like Manning as a candidate too. Um, but I, I think the one thing it's just probably going to happen here, whoever they end up hiring, the one thing that linguist had that these other guys don't is that NFL experience coming from the league, especially this past season coaching with the Cowboys. That's something that, you know, I, I mean, people can say all they want. The, the Cowboys didn't have a good season, especially defensively. But the thing is, linguist has been around the NFL, been around NFL cornerbacks, knows what it takes to get to the league and thrive in the league. And that's something that a guy like Klinkscale, Manning, these guys don't necessarily have in the coaching department at least, but Klinkscale and Manning, definitely two good recruiters that I think would be uh, more than capable of joining Michigan staff. I think they can't really go wrong with either of those guys. And those are the two guys that I would point out as well. I think at this point, it looks like it's really Klinkscale, his, his job to, kind of turn away. I think it's really heading in that direction. If there were Vegas betting odds, he'd probably be the favorite to uh, be offered and land the job, but uh, we'll, we'll certainly have to see how this all plays out. But I, I would expect something to happen uh, pretty quickly here. They're going to have to uh, get things going. So they don't necessarily lose out on these uh, top cornerback recruits and, and top defensive recruits overall that, that they're going after in this class. So John, uh, any final word? I uh, just get them hired before the official visits start in, yeah. on, in June, whoever it is. You just can't wait too long. Just, you know, after how long that extension took for Harbaugh, I'm a little worried that they're not going to have the urgency that they need, but uh, I think they just need to get it done as soon as possible. Yeah. 
I, I, I agree. I, I, the sooner the better. I wouldn't be shocked if something happens within the next uh, next week or so. I, I, I would anticipate at the very least more news coming out of who it might be. So uh, definitely speed, speed, just, you know, pedal to the metal guys is, is what I would pretty much say. So, all right, good talk. We will uh, uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk some hoops recruiting, uh, but first we're going to uh, pay a visit to our sponsor and that is home field apparel. And if, if you haven't heard yet up until this point, home field premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indy, not only is their stuff comfy, but it is officially licensed gear. So they really do not screw around when it comes to their designs and the, cool thing about home field is that the team over there they study every school's history traditions legacies and that's how they create those thoughtful designs that they tell uh, the unique story of each university and they've got some awesome original michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else if you're looking for t-shirts crewnecks whatever it is they've got it so if you're looking for some of that vintage apparel today then look no further than home field and use our promo code mnb and you'll get 20% off your entire first order. So head over to homefieldapparel.com. Again, promo code MNB at checkout. You'll get 20% off your entire first order. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. We are going to switch gears and end the show today talking some hoops recruiting. And the steam is starting to pick up a little bit for Jawan Howard and company in this 22 class. They don't have anybody committed just yet. Uh, but like I said, the steam is really picking up here, especially at the point guard position. And today, Monday, May 10th, they extended an offer to four-star point guard Seth Trimble, listed at 6'3", 185. He's from Menomone Falls in Wisconsin, and he is number 78 overall on the composite, number 14 point guard in the country on the composite. Got some other pretty good offers here, Illinois, Indiana, Arizona State, Creighton, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, USC, Iowa State. He's got a few others as well. Um, you might be wondering, hey, uh, why are you guys talking about a, a basketball player that got offered? It, it's a little different from football if you're not aware with the basketball recruiting stuff. If they make an offer to a kid, that's pretty much them saying, you know, we're all in on you. Uh, we definitely want you uh, to be a part of this organization here. And that's seemingly what it seems like they're doing with Trimble because John um, – They've had a couple other options on the table for a little bit now. Doug McDaniel is a four-star point guard, uh, was at least at one point uh, considered a pretty big Michigan lean, but he's really taken his time with the process, and it seems like Michigan really wants to get things going in this class. Five-star point guard Jaden Bradley, another guy that they will probably try to recruit until the end uh, just because he's a highly talented player. Plays down uh, at IMG with Juwan's son, also in the 22 class, Jet Howard. Uh, but, John, with this offer going out today, do you think this is more so a result of uh, McDaniel taking a little too long here, or do you think that they just wanted to expand their board a little bit and start looking elsewhere in case uh, Doug McDaniel ends up going elsewhere? Yeah, with McDaniel, it seemed kind of like the classic thing where if you are the leader for too long, you just end up not being the leader anymore. Something's you know, was preventing him from pulling the trigger um, and for Michigan. And now it looks like Florida uh, is the leader here for him. Um, so he had set up like a uh, visit for June. He had been offered for a long time, um, but I don't know what happened. And I think, you know, there's 
only so much time Jawan was willing to wait for. And <clears throat> this could be a tactic to put a little pressure on McDaniel, but I think at this point it's more of a uh, we'd easily take Trimble uh, if we wanted to or if he wanted to commit and uh, be happy with that decision. Uh, you know, they're similarly ranked. Trimble's uh, a lot taller than McDaniel, who's only at 5'9", and that may even be generous. But uh, So I think he has more prototypical uh, size for a guard. Um, I think he shoots really well. Um, so, and, you know, he's more from uh, the, the Midwest, so you like that too. I think he has connections with uh, Jordan Poole, who's also from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the same seven-on-seven class or team or something. Not seven-on-seven, um, AAU. Still in the football mode here. Uh, <laughs> but I think uh, Trimble is definitely a, a very good, I guess you could call it plan B since, you know, he's not the first guy that they offer. But I think uh, he's a great backup guy to, to have in your back pocket ready. Um, and he looks like he's going to be a really uh, likely guy to commit. Yeah, you're right. He does have connections to the Pool family. They The families, <laughs> I guess, are, are pretty tight there. And that's how... Uh, Trimble, at least according uh, from my recollection, how he got interested in uh, the University of Michigan, because he I want to say he took a visit to Ann Arbor at one point when Poole was uh, it was a a student at Michigan. And that's really what kickstarted his interest in the Wolverines program. Obviously, that has continued uh, with Jawan Howard uh, becoming the head coach here. Yeah, definitely two different players there. It's uh, Trimble being 6'3". And uh, you mentioned McDaniel uh, being about as tall as I am, probably, um, maybe even a little shorter. Who knows? But yeah, and you brought up a, an interesting point, too, of, you know, the classic. It seems like he's a lean and then he ends up committing elsewhere. It reminded me of Drew Kendall, the uh, offensive lineman in the 21 class uh, that uh, Michigan led for, I don't know, months. It, it seemed. 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. He, I think <laughs> since he was uh, seven years old, Michigan led. Uh, with Drew Kendall and then obviously uh, <laughs> enrolled at Boston College. We all know how that uh, uh, thing ended there. <laughs> it was, was interesting to to live through that. But yeah, Steven, uh, again, these these two guys, Doug and Trimble, they're uh, two different players at this point guard position. Um, obviously, Doug being a lot shorter, quicker to the bucket. He, he's still a, a, a very solid player, very good distributor uh, to his teammates. But Trimble can kind of do a little bit of everything while keeping that height at 6'3", uh, which is something that uh, and me personally, I like to see a, a bit taller of a point guard. You don't need to be like Jalen Rose. You don't need to be like 6'8", or anything like that. But uh, just a little bit of height uh, goes a long way in my book. So, Stephen, uh, just well, what are your thoughts on this offer going out, and what do you like about uh, Seth Trimble as a prospect, and I guess McDaniel since we're talking about him? Yeah, I, I it's interesting because Trimble is definitely more of a combo guard. He's not he's not a, a true point. So uh, it'll be interesting how they see him fitting, whether they want him to kind of become a true point guard. But uh, I mean, his, his athleticism's off the charts. He he has really good burst, acceleration, and uh, dude had some pretty impressive dunks on his highlights. So he's got some bounce as well. Um, so it, it's interesting cause I see Frankie Collins more of a, a true distributor, um, as a true point. So I think Seth Tribble falls into uh, an Eli Brooks role extremely well, a guy who, who started the two, but very easily place him, you know, five, 10 minutes at the one if needed. Uh, so that's kind of where I see Trimble's skill set. Uh, it'll just depend on, on how Michigan, um, 
you know, if Michigan is willing to take both Doug and uh, Trimble here and um, how, how the roster shakes out by the time they, they would get to campus. But I think my main takeaway from all of this is that, uh, I mean, he's what top 80 guy. And a lot of people think he's, uh, he's a little bit higher than that overall, or a little bit underrated at that ranking. So, mm-hmm. you know, Michigan, you could call it maybe slow playing, but uh, maybe seeing other options. And this is, it kind of feels like when Bama is waiting on like a, a four-star defensive tackle to see if like, you know, what happens with a five-star and it's like, man, it's a, it's a luxury to be able to have yep. a guy like Seth Trimble uh, that you can uh, maintain that relationship with. And then, uh, you know, as they progress, as you see more on them say, yeah, I'm going to pull the trigger and send out this offer. So, so I think it's, I mean, he's a great player and um, his shooting motion uh, is pretty effortless as well. Uh, looked pretty smooth. So I liked what he can do with uh, driving to the basket with his frame. He can absorb contact really well. Um, efficient shooting motion. Just need to see a little bit more on passing, but I know on his recent uh, squad, he was, he had a lot of the offensive duties. So, so yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a luxury to have a guy like Trimble that you can um, wait and see mode a little bit. And uh, I think he'd be a solid pickup. Yeah, he's a solid player for sure. And you bring up the fact that, uh, you know, with him, he, he's number 78 overall in the composite right now. And Kobe Bufkin being another combo guard kind of player uh, that Michigan has in this uh, freshman class upcoming here. At this time last year when Michigan was recruiting a Buffkin, he was number 91 overall on the composite. So pretty close to where Trimble is at. So there's definitely room for improvement. And I think there will be uh, some rankings bumps for Trimble, at least one uh, in the future here. He's number 103 on 24-7 sports's individual ranking. So the other services have Trimble ranked higher at this moment. I would anticipate and I think it's been talked about by uh, Henschke and, and Sam Webb on the Michigan Insider about how they think that he's better than where he's currently ranked. And I, I would expect a, a rankings bump from him at some point. So yeah, it's definitely good to have these, uh, these options here, but honestly, I think if they really wanted to, and if the players were on board with it, I think they could make both work in Ann Arbor. I really do. I think having a, uh, a guard a backcourt of, of those guys, um, would be pretty special. Set up some some pretty nice things. Do you do you think that these guys could play together, John? Because I, I really do. I, I think that with Trimble's skill set and and Doug's skill set, I, I think they could make it happen. Yeah, certainly. I think it speaks a lot to what Stephen was saying about their different games. I think Doug's more of a, a, a uh, I can't speak more of a facilitator, while Trimble Trimble may project more to a shooting guard. Um, yeah. So I think you could. Just, <clears throat> Uh, certainly play play both at once uh, without there being uh, any, you know, haggles over the ball or anything. So um, if they wanted to, I could see them taking that. Um, I'm not sure that they really don't have too many other guys on their point guard board besides Jaden Bradley, who uh, looks like he's probably going to go to UNC um, as it looks right now. So uh, we'll see if they, they offer some more guys at guard or if uh, they're just they, – they stick with um, – Trimble, and then maybe go after another two guard like Justice Williams, but we'll see. Yeah, there there are so many possible opportunities here for Michigan to round out this uh, 
this 22 class. I, they're in on a lot of power forward center types, but I, I think uh, I think guard has a really a big chance here to, to, to be special. I, I really like these guys that they're going after. And uh, yeah, obviously uh, Bradley top player. Um, it would be really nice to land a player of his caliber, but certainly not anticipating that happening. They're going to recruit him till the bell, but I would imagine that uh, one of the other blue bloods at this point, whether it's Carolina or Kentucky, probably in on him the most, but yeah, I like where they're heading in this class. And obviously they don't have anybody committed yet, but I, I think where they've they've laid the groundwork in this 22 class, Steven, and I really like how things are shaping up. Obviously, you're going to try and shoot for the stars with Jalen Duran, who probably will just go the pro route. He's the number two ranked prospect in this class at uh, 6'10", 230 at the center position. But uh, obviously they're they're in on a lot of other four and five star type of power forwards. AJ Casey from Chicago is very obtainable um, with Jawan's connections to Chicago there. Jarris Walker being another very attainable prospect with him playing at IMG alongside Jawan's son as well. Donovan Klingon being a good center prospect in Kentucky. I mean, there's so many options for this 22 class. So we talk about the 21 class, Stephen, how it's, you know, the number one ranked overall class. But this 22 class, it really just gives me encouragement that this 21 class is not just a one and done deal. They're going to be recruiting these high ranked prospects for years to come as long as Jawan's around. Yeah, it's something that in football we always talk about after a really strong class, unless you're the Alabamas or Ohio States of the world. Uh, usually after a number one class, it's hard to sell playing time. It's hard to pitch players on a vision they see for themselves just because there's only so many roster spots. And with Michigan bringing in a, a fair, you know, a fairly large class of 2021, but uh, a lot of really good guys as well. It'll be interesting to see how Michigan will end with it because with 2021, it was two five-star one and done type players, a couple guys in the, you know, 30 to 50 range in Collins and Bufkin. And then a couple guys who are maybe longer term uh, three to four year players in, uh, in uh, Barnes and Shutter. So uh, with, with that kind of class makeup, you know, it's, you're, it kind of feels like you're playing a game of musical chairs where if things go right, you could see two, maybe even three, if someone really blows up like Buffkin mm-hmm. uh, gone after one year. Um, what if things go wrong? You know, like, like, you know, knock on wood, but Duke, Kentucky, they kind of have more of a one and done model. Um, not, not the best situation there. So it's, it's kind of a, a, a weird thing where I think, I'm looking more for what, what's the identity that Michigan's going to have. Cause I think going with, you know, one or two one and done types, the rest guys that can kind of fall into a waterfall model where you have a couple one and duns, uh, a couple two year guys, and then a couple three to four year guys. I think you got to stay consistent with that uh, class makeup to ensure that you have enough playing time for those guys coming in who are the higher ranked guys and really want to see that. But then you have guys who will be around kind of form the identity of your program, which is just as important, if not more important than Mm -hmm. um, having a lot of talent. So I think I'm more interested in in seeing the overall makeup of like the profile of guys, but 
uh, as you said, it, it's something that doesn't seem like it's going to be slowing down. Yeah, probably not. I'll be very interested to see how they go with that approach with a much smaller class. They're obviously not going to be able to take in six guys every cycle. So we'll see if it's like one one and done guy, one long term guy, one guy that's maybe around for a couple years. And, uh, you know, it, it'll just be interesting to see how all that plays out, because I, I am genuinely curious how they're going to go about it, because I think the way with the six man class goes. I really like how they did that, how they stacked it with elite guys a couple years and then a couple guys that are probably going to be around for the long haul, get their degree, all that good stuff. Um, I think that's the way to go with winning in college basketball. And I, I think that's uh, at at the very least how it looks like Jawan wants to have it done in Ann Arbor. He always has valued education and I would anticipate him going after those guys that want to be a good teammate, want to get their degree and want to also succeed on the court. So I would anticipate that probably continuing. It'll just be interesting to see how it all gets played out with uh, the scholarship numbers crunch uh, with these upcoming classes here. So boys appreciate you hopping on and I appreciate everybody out there listening to future brew. Once again, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at buddy? At Simmons underscore John. Steven, where are you at? At Steven Toski. And follow Maze and Brew on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Just search Maze and Brew. Give Steven's YouTube channel uh, a subscription, Maze and Brew. Pumping out content left and right, uh, going through the 21 football class, all that good stuff. And be sure to uh, subscribe and give our uh, podcast here on the Maze and Brew Podcast Network five stars. We would greatly appreciate all that as well. So for John and Steven, I am Vaughn. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Blue.